nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a somber edition of the Managing Madrid podcast on a Sunday evening where Matt Wiltsey and myself, Keon Sabani, we are going to go through and break down and either go through and just completely just rip everyone in the team, all the players, all the coaches, the water boy, the president, everyone. And, uh, and, but we'll try to balance that with some therapy for you guys. Cause I, I don't think it's fair for you guys for us to just go in all in and have a completely, uh, b- complete breakdown, just like the team did tonight. So joining me is Matt Wiltsey. Matt, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing. Cause we already know the answer to that. I'm just going to ask you this. Where do you want to start? Maybe I'll start with before we get into the raw critique and some of the breakdown and the individual errors and just some of the some of the glaring issues from this match. Maybe we start with this message. It's January. It's post World Cup. Um, there's this account, actually a famous, in, infamous Spanish account uh, on Twitter, Real Sison. Um, who, who kind of like makes a mockery of a lot of things and a parody of things, but he always posts this chart and it's called the Pintus Valley and the Pintus Valley. And it shows like the team's fitness levels and it always drops off in December, January, and then gradually mm-hmm. rises in March, uh, February, March, and then you peak in April in, in the springtime. Um, and so we're right. If you kind of believe that chart in that methodology, and that Pintus tries to prepare the team's fitness levels to peak in the spring, you you take a hit during this December January time frame, um, and so and we see that pretty consistently. I mean, it, it's not just you can make fun of it, but I think it we have actually seen that to be pretty much kind of true throughout the seasons where Pintus has been in charge. So I think there is a little bit of that. Like, let's see, let's come back to this game in the springtime and see where these two teams are. Cause that's, that's going to be my one point of contention though. My, the one thing I'll say from this match that aggravates me and I'm sure aggravates the hell out of everyone watching this game was we didn't compete. We did not compete. We didn't, there was like, you don't have to have elite physical fitness levels to just show some passion, show some hunger, like do small things. Right. Um, and instead, instead, geez, sorry. instead the Real Madrid team just, they, they didn't bring any of that. So that's where I was really frustrated. Like you can, we can make some excuses, but for the most part, you can't make excuses for that. So here's the thing. I, I will not actually have a dispute with the, the quote unquote Pintus chart, which is hilarious that I didn't know existed, but it actually is undoubtedly scientifically true that this happens to Real Madrid all the time, this time of year. But I, I don't want to be proud of that. I mentioned this to Lucas, uh, that there is a scenario where despite how badly we're playing, we rise to the occasion in the final because it's sparse and it's the final. That obviously did not even happen. But even when I said that, I was like, I'm not saying that to boast and be proud. I'm saying that because 
that's kind of what this team does. And that's the reason why we don't have as many league titles as we should. Because we go through these patches of inconsistency. And and by the way, like as a reminder to everybody, me, you, and Matt and uh, and Om, after the 4-0 uh classical last year at the Bernabeu, we ripped into the team. I was on record saying, I'm out on Carlo, bring in a tactician. The 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 golf was astronomical on that day. And uh I think in in hindsight, it was an overreaction because we won the Champions League. What I'll say is also, in conjunction to that, we analyze what we see. The process has been bad. The process then was bad. We can't really predict what happens beyond that. Uh, other than, and I said it at the time, two things. One is that, okay, we can chalk up that classical to it was quote unquote meaningless, whatever. Um, if the team was to rebound and and win the champions, they got that time. I remember saying it's going to be down to the stars having Trent going back to transcension. I think in a lot of ways, Fede going on a surge, complete Armageddon mode offensively, masked some of the team's problems because he started scoring out of thin air, like throwing grapes in the ocean. That's how he was scoring. Every time he shot it, it would go in. That was one thing that was happening. And in other games, like and especially last year, it, it was on Benzema having historically great season and Vinicius being able to sustain dribbling past multiple defenders over and over again. Uh, it turns out that it's maybe unsustainable to do that over a long stretch of time. And if he does bring that back to the table, that's great. We obviously need that. But here's my problem is that uh, last year, you could get away with the quote-unquote Pintus dip because you needed less points to win the league. You need you, The margin of error is less this year. And 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 in the classico today, I mean, it was just really, really bad. The golf, like, it's funny because if you look at the numbers, if you didn't watch this game and you just look at the numbers after the game, Real Madrid Barcelona had the same amount of shots. Basically, they had the same amount of possession. The field tilt, field tilt was even pretty much the same. But the where Barca had their possession and their shots were way more meaningful than where ours came and also there was a surge we had at the end we kind of piled on a little bit of pressure it kind of skews the numbers a little bit but the funny thing about like when i asked like where we start matt it's it's kind of weird to come out and start dragging this player and that player and rudiger for his performance and vinicius for his performance and and everyone else, Carvajal, there's, like I'm not the only one that generally who gets saved in these games is Courtois. You know, there's no blame on him. But it's it's almost weird to just start dragging one individual player where everything was a mess. This it, it's a like to me if there's like a a uh, the problem is a tree. Let's say like that's the metaphor. The problem is a tree, and. The root of the the whole root, it's not just like there's like a little problem on this branch here. Like the whole tree, the root right now, it, everything stinks. Um, the decision to not bolster the squad depth is, is hurting us right now because if we're going to bring in the Pintus dip, we cannot say that there's no correlation with not buying players. And if you're not buying players, then the alternative is relying on some of these youth players who are, by the way, Castillo looked great again today. They're like Carlos Totor. And and go down the entire line of great performers this season at Casilla that we've already mentioned a million times that we love, Arib Arribas, Nico Paz. 
Alvaro, etc. If you're if you're not buying players and you're not using those guys, okay, that that's a double problem. On top of that, the team is tactically a mess, and that gets uh, magnified more so in games like this. On top of that, the team is tired, and so it's a little bit of. And on top of that, the team is in poor form, and on top of that, the stars are underperforming. Uh, when they were overperforming their XG last year, it's a bit of everything, and I. And I was kind of like disappointed in Carlos post game press conference because he talked a lot about like we made mistakes, like we were in it until like you know these passes were made, like but there was not no no talk about like why were these players in these positions to make mistakes because structurally and positionally speaking we were inferior to Barcelona and there were there was no real control there was no this team on paper is incredible this is a collection of some of the best players in the world no matter how critical you are of them. Like, I, I know Rudiger is being demonized tonight. We're signing ever. Like, okay, we know. Let's let's not kid ourselves. We know deep down inside from what we've seen over the past few years that Antonio Rudiger is one of the best center backs in the world. So if he wasn't playing for us tonight and it was Alaba or some other center back struggling, we'd be like, man, we should have signed Rudiger. To me, this is beyond the personnel in some ways, although the personnel is a clear problem. You can see it when Balde is running past Carvajal and it looks like um it it looks like Usain Bolt running past me. That's like a clear problem of personnel in that moment, obviously. And there's players making mistakes. I'm not denying that there's individual mistakes happening, but at some point we have to wonder why it's like no matter who's on the field, this shit is happening. If 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 a player comes off the bench and changes some things, great. But some the players, those players are different every time. And it doesn't really seem to matter who's on the field because these these tactical issues are lingering. And I I guess, you know, you can throw your hands in the air and 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 be like, hey, you guys are overreacting again if this team wins the Champions League. Uh I, I it's just the process is really, 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 really poor. And I don't know how sustainable it is to to talk about the Champions League run we had last season. That's something you can necessarily replicate again this year. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, if you're not if you're not competing in these games now, like yeah, okay, the Pintus Valley and the dip right now. But if you all right, you lose the Super Cup final, you lose to Villarreal on Thursday and you're out of the Copa del Rey and then you drop more points in La Liga, you may not even and then you lose to Liverpool. Like you may not have be even be in a competition for those peak fitness levels in the spring. So there comes a point where you gotta get you gotta right the ship. And um it does need it, it can't look like how it's looked these last few games. And yes, obviously we're post World Cup, but everybody's post World Cup. Um Barcelona's post World Cup. And so yeah. it's it's that's the reality of the situation. And honestly, I said December, January dip, but we really haven't looked that good for a while. Like even in October, like right before the World Cup, we we weren't looking good. Um, we weren't looking good, but I we think, had moments of efficiency, which we haven't had in yeah. a long time. Yeah, and I think and that's that's a big one, right? You mentioned it, Benzema and Vinicius. Like last year, they saved our bacon. How many times they they just put it together? They did the they made the impossible look possible. They just. They pulled it off and we're not, we don't have that this season. We, the, the two things we had were Vinicius and Benzema, Benzema scoring or creating something out of nothing. And then Courtois just making incredible saves. He Courtois is the only one that's remained consistent from last season and just continues to, to make the great saves. And 
I know we've had this conversation on Vinicius before, but for me, when I'm watching him out there, like I love the intent. I love that he's he's the one trying to make things happen. He does create chaos, and but it just feels like something has been lacking lately. And it feels like that final ball, that final pass, that final dribble, and that final shot have all just been off. And yes, I agree with all those listening right now that are yelling at me. He doesn't have the support. He doesn't have the support. Like, I agree. I, I, I don't think he has great support around him right now, but the support that he does have, I don't think he's using it well. And sometimes I just feel like he puts his head down and tries to do it all himself. And it's and both. maybe, yeah, and maybe he com- com- comes out of it like he gets to the byline like he did against Araujo a couple times in this one. But then the final pass is just not there. Um, And it, it just hasn't clicked like it did last year. And I still have faith in him, and I still believe that he can play through this. But um, when we're relying on him, this like our whole offense relies around him and Benzema to make something happen. So when those two aren't clicking, which they aren't right now, it's a struggle. We we created one chance the whole first half that Mendy crossed to Benzema. That was it. That was our only chance. Yeah, Um, and it's a bit of everything that's why it's it's all it's all intertwined we're talking about like Vinicius not having support and his decision making being bad both those things are true it's the both of those things are true the fullback issue is 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 more prominent after a game like this I gotta say like I I I do find it annoying that people can't seem to really pinpoint what the problems are like someone on my Twitter shared one of the articles in the Spanish papers after the game and the headline was like listed three disastrous players. It was Carvajal, Rudiger, and Kamavinga. And I'm like, really? Kamavinga is the root of your problems? Eduardo Kamavinga, who's, who played the first 45 minutes, was yanked and actually was one of the players who actually looked kind of okay. And his movement between the lines was good. He was trying to progress the ball. He dribbled well under pressure. Like, Rudiger put him in a terrible position in that pass that there's nothing he could have done in that situation. I got to say, like, hospital pass. Yeah, it, his positioning was actually okay and his challenges were pretty good. Like, he was, and his coverage was good too. One thing, though, one thing, Kian, that I noticed in this game from that I didn't like was um, on the defensive side of the ball, his cover shadow on Pedri was terrible. Like, Pedri was just constantly, he was trying to block the passing lane to Pedri, and Pedri was just, every single time, would go into that right half space, pick up the ball behind him, and then be running at our back line. And yeah, it was just so frustrating. Everywhere, though. I mean, I mean, and on the other side, that left half space, Gavi was getting free all the time. And yeah, Gavi and Pedri both. This, yep. was the, this was the chavi wrinkle he threw out against Atletico, that it wasn't like two wingers. He goes with the four central midfielders, and everyone's just flying around the place, and it's it's hard to track the runs. But Carlos should have known that that was a, a possibility because that literally happened with Barca two games ago and they they carved up Atletico for 20 minutes. Atletico responded way better and they didn't know it was coming, but they, they responded way better than we did today. Um, I Like for all the places we could start, I kind of want to start here. Carvajal's been brutal, man. And, and it's not just like... The, there's the physical decline aspect, the fact that he can't provide any offense anymore. The defensive side of things, the first goal was we can we can talk about the Rudiger pass was bad and no one's in position, including Carvajal. I think I think also Carvajal reacts way too late. He he doesn't really see what's happening in that first goal until it's way too late to track Gavi. 
what the heck was happening on the second goal? We can see it. I have it playing right now in front of me. And there's a moment where Frankie turns. And it's very clear Gabby's making a run behind Carvajal. Carvajal just like, nah, I'm just going to, for whatever reason, step on De Jong, even though Militao was already there. And lets Gabby go and behind him completely on mark. And Rudiger has no choice but to leave Lewandowski. Like he he has to close Gabby run. And like no one's like, what is Carvajal doing in that situation? Why is he stepping? These are complete like rookie mistakes. And uh on the third goal, well, that's just another giveaway. I think it was Ceballos. And then everyone's just like, and, and that's on Cruz, by the way. Cruz, this is a classic Cruz weakness. He's gotta know that uh who was it that scored the third goal? Was it Pedri? Pedri was so bad from Cruz. Yeah. So bad. Uh I mean he checked his shoulder even and he just didn't he didn't even try. It was it was hard to watch. Uh but yeah, on Carvajal, I think man, even even the ball the ball day run, the burn that you talked about, like it, it was just it's depressing to see how like just the huge gap in their physical tools. Like Balde just destroyed him. Um and on that goal, like, yeah, what, just completely rash thinking. Both, even for Militao, like, I get you're trying to step up and be aggressive, but we're way too late. We're way too late. The ball, it's you can't press that late. Uh, you're going to create huge holes. They both should have just dropped. I don't know why Cruz pressed in the first place on that goal. It was completely unnecessary, and then I don't know why those two made the the rash decision that they did to try and go and win it. It kind of reminded me. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it just kind of reminded me of the 5-1 Classico under Lopetegui. Yeah. When our wingbacks kept It reminded stepping. me of the Classico last year, 4 nothing, where we were pressing and we just get destroyed. The frustrating thing is that if it happens once in the game, okay. But the fact that you just keep committing the error, refusing to recognize what the problem is, and you just keep giving them the gift, it's it's just super annoying. It's just super, super annoying. For once, I'd just like to lose a classical like a normal team loses a game. Like a 2-1 where you play well, you know? Just lose that way. But it's every time we lose against them, it's just this humiliation of what the hell are you guys doing on the field? It's like your our heads were not yeah. in it at all. This happens way too was, often. Yeah. It happens way too often. And I think um, this kind of segues me into Tony Cruz as the lone pivot. I, I'm i not I'm not on board. I'm not on board, especially in these types of games. Um, he just doesn't have, like we talked about it, I think a couple pods ago. He There's pro-cons list with Tony Cruz at the lone pivot. And in these types of matches, the cons far outweigh the pros. And he just doesn't have that defensive awareness that just even just the tactical understanding of like which spots to be in and count like that. I mentioned him stepping out to do to press needlessly there. He did that so many times, or he would like uh, when Kamavinga missed um, failed to cover shadow Pedri, like he would come running over, but he would come running over way too late. Like Pedri was already on the ball and had plenty of time to pick his head up. There was just hold your position at that point. Don't run over now. And so I got. I mean, I I'm, I've been really frustrated watching Tony Cruz in that position the last few games, and I I don't think it's the answer when Chuamani's out. Um, I think there is a. I mean, I feel like there is nobody wants to talk about it, but there is a gaping Casemiro hole in this team right now, and um, I I'm I mean, 
for me, honestly, I think it, I would have preferred playing Kamavinga at the six than Tony Cruz today. And I know we like him at number eight, but I would have preferred him at number six instead of Tony Cruz. The thing with Cruz as a six is the same thing we've been saying over and over again. It works if you're a team that's in control of the ball in the final third and you're counter-pressing and pressing and you're winning high up the pitch. Yeah. If you're if you're Which relying we don't on do well. yeah, if you're relying on Cruz being the six deep, it's a problem. This is this happened uh, last year at the Etihad against Manchester City, where he had to play that it's a complete oh, disaster yeah, yeah. because you're playing defensive football and counterattacking. He's not meant to do that. He can't play the six in that role. He can play the six in a in a situation where you're controlling the tempo and and bossing the game and counterpressing and winning the ball in the, fi- in the final third over and over again. It just it doesn't it doesn't work this way uh, with him there. Uh, just back to Vinicius for a sec. And by the way. Benzema really poor. The commentator was like, you know, Benzema was getting starved of service. It's, it's true. He, he killed us with his passing in transition. Yeah, the passing. Uh, there were numerous times that we we actually had a chance to put something together on the counterattack, and his passing was brutal, just brutal, just brutal. I think about that one he passed out of bounds in the first half. In between, I think both Fede and Carvajal is just yeah, it was stuff like that. Um, on Vinicius, it wasn't just a matter of Araujo there. He's there were moments where Araujo was actually out of position, and we either didn't get the ball to him, or when we did, he just has nothing. There's nothing for him to do. Like the he's. First of all, we're relying on his decision-making and his confidence, which right now are both at rock bottom. He's not playing well at all. On top of that, it's just a lot for him to do. Like, he just... His passing, um, not great. He has three or four defenders in front of him. There was no space to work with. And again, like, we we talked about Carvajal. I got to ask you this, because you 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 have been a Fran Garcia fan for a while. This is all related, obviously. I We're running out of time on the Fran Garcia thing. We have until January 31st to bring him back for peanuts. What is happening? Lucas was like, oh, maybe we don't want to ruin our relationship with Raya Vallecano. Who cares? Well, yeah, one, who cares? Two, I guarantee you Raya would take that money with their, with their just hands wide open because they're... Their world, guess what their world trek- record transfer fee is that they paid for a player? No idea. Eight million for Raul de Thomas this summer. That's How the that world record million, transfer fee. Yeah, but that's, that's what they paid. That's their world record transfer fee for Raya Vallecano. You don't think they'll take bite your hand off for five million, especially right now after paying that? Like a club like the size of Raya would would do that in a second. Um, even if they know Fran has a higher ceiling, but this clause is in there, they they'll take it. They'll take the money. Um, God forbid an injury happened to him or something like that. Like they'll take the money. Um, and I think, I think, yeah. Why wait to do the inevitable? Like if this is something you're already going to do, and it's an area of weakness in the team, and you need the additional support, why wait? Why wait? There is no. I don't get why we have this kind of thing where we think we're bigger than the January transfer window. Like we we've done great business in the January transfer window before. Marcelo and Iguain were great transfers. 
Like we, it's, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and I think this, this is definitely an area where we need to improve. This is an area where it's an easy pickup and you bring them in, bring them in now. Why wait to do the inevitable? I just, I don't get it. I will take this to my grave, Matt. I will die on this hill. I don't care. I'll keep saying it loud. We should be playing the kids. I would have rather, I would have rather gone down sweet. Like if, if this Pintus, Pintus thing, the Pintus schedule, Pintus curve, whatever it's called, Pintus calendar. What was it? Pintus chart? Pintus Valley. If your starters are playing right now like in this, the Pintus Valley. if your starters are playing like this and you're losing and you're not playing well, what do you have to lose? Other than worst case scenario, you lose and your starters get rest for later. Like yeah. this is blowing my mind. I, I've seen this so many times in Real Madrid history. Every time we were forced to promote, we're completely surprised by what we have at, in Castilla at, at an A-team level. This happened in the Yega era. This happened in Quinta de Buitre where Di Stefano, where Di Stefano was like, fuck, we can't sign anyone. Our team sucks. Hey, fuck it. Five Castilla players, let's go. And they all like are amazing. And we're like, oh, shit. Uh, this... You know who's not surprised though, Castilla? Even or you know who's not surprised even during that era? The people who were actually watching Castilla and like oh, Castilla yeah. would get Except big crowds at that so time. Like, yeah, and like, well, no, and that's, but I'm saying like even now, like where we have this universe of like Twitter and like a lot more access to Real Madrid Castilla, like globally, like people recognize these talents now, and like there is a case to be made definitely for these some of these guys to be getting a chance right now. Why not? Like these are these are the games, and I get there's big money on the line in this uh, Spanish Super Cup now in Saudi Arabia. Like, I, I forget how much you get, like, four or five million for winning this, for winning the final. But still, like, if the guys are going to play like that, then what's the point? I think part of it is that Ancelotti doesn't see himself here long term. And he's like, well, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, us as fans, when we're looking, and this is where a sporting director has to come in, and if not a sporting director, we kind of know this position of sporting director at Real Madrid. It's a controversial topic. A lot of people are like, well, you don't need one. And myself included, I'm kind of like, you know, at a club like Real Madrid, it's a little bit different than a club like Sevilla to have a, a sporting director. And Jose Angel Sanchez basically is, sometimes the coach is, you know, it's all, there's discussions. But as fans, we look at it, we think long-term, right? We think about where the club is in five years. We think about where the club is in two years. A coach at Real Madrid doesn't always think that way. They're thinking about, I need to win this game. And I think that's part of the problem here. And uh, and yeah, uh, it's... I, I, I really firmly believe that the Castilla kids should should get more looks. That's all. And 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 by the urgency of position, I think you actually have to look at Vinicius Tobias. At least give him a chance. Like that's a that's a pretty urgent position. Um at least he has speed. At least he has some athleticism. If you think back to Matt to some of the the worrying games we've had in these big games, whether it be today, there is also a lack of physical, like athletic ability. And this goes back to even to PSG first leg like last year, where uh, their fullbacks were just dominating our fullbacks because physically they were on another level. Uh, 
we looked like like you could feel you could feel the veteran presence in our team today like barcelona just felt fresher energetic younger like you yeah could, you could kind of just sense that in the game um and it was noticeable it was noticeable and despite us like i feel like our more recent signings have been kind of just these athletic specimens and these two-way players and guys like that but and we didn't we had so many over 30s out there tonight and uh obviously injuries haven't helped but even fede like i just where was he tonight he he didn't bring anything that he he usually brings um and like he was if you watch the second goal where um carvajal and militao make that rash decision fede usually would be like even even if he doesn't really have a chance of getting there at the initial play he'll be sprinting back just in case like courtois makes a save or the ball bobbles out or something like that. You just sprint back regardless. He was jogging. It was really weird to watch. I was like, that's not like Fede. And it, it, he kind of had a lot of moments like that today where he was just jogging. He wasn't really putting yeah. in the effort. And I was I was surprised. Everyone. That. And that's the weird thing. Like Vinicius had one where he was just walking as Dembele was dribbling past him. And he just looked, he's like, oh, I guess you're just running past me now. I'm just going to walk and watch you. Mordich had a, a really, really poor game. Um yeah. There was just a lack of in lack of fight, lack of lack of positioning, lack of good touches. The the prolific giveaways were staggering. It's just every single time we had the ball, there was no real sense of confidence. Even though we kept it for forty seven percent somehow, a lot of it was just circulating the back line, trying to find outlet which we didn't have. There were no long balls over the top of Barca's defensive line, which is something that has helped in the past. Lack of pressing, one of the best ways to make Barca feel uncomfortable is to at least press them on goal kicks and dare Ter Stegen to do something. They did that once. Ter Stegen gave the ball away. I think you needed to make them more uncomfortable. We just couldn't even get close to the ball. It, it was like as if the ball was like a hot potato. Every time we, we even got it, we were just trying to, we were panicking. We were just kicking it away. Uncharacteristics of some of these experienced players. Uh, one shot on target in the, or sorry, zero shots on target in the first 45 minutes. According to Sam Leverage on managingmajor.com, the last time that happened was 37 classicals ago. So, I mean, here's the, here's the other thing too. I don't know if you noticed this, but on Barcelona did the same thing that, um, Raya Valladolid, Raya Vallecano, and um, uh, got blinking on the last team we played. All these, all these teams have done more recently against us. High pressed on goal kicks, and Barcelona yeah. actually man for man high pressed on goal kicks, and we we couldn't play out of it. Again, we can't play out of it. And the person who struggled the most, which I've been really surprised by, because this was like one of his most positive characteristics coming over from Chelsea yeah. is his progressive passing and his ability in that left center back role to like build build the play. And Rudiger was awful under pressure, just awful. And yeah. like count he obviously that ball to Kamavinga was a hospital pass. He almost did it again at the end of the first half. I don't know if people noticed that, but he did it again. Same exact ball to Kamavinga. It almost happened again. Uh, he just he was frazzled and he just he we you could feel you could feel Alaba's absence tonight because he's a guy that you he's so comfortable under that pressure. 
uh, and, and can play through it. And Rudiger, like, I've just been surprised because that was one of his main traits coming from Chelsea. I was like, oh, he's a pro- progressive passing monster. Like, this guy does so well, even f- especially from the left center back position. I've just been surprised at how poor he was. He's been really poor. And <clears throat> this is this is why this is one of the weirder ones to me, because this is why I'm 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 talking about like it does seem doesn't seem to matter who's on the field at this point. When Rudiger, who was one of the best center backs in the world when we signed him, is having trouble or playing this poorly, you have to also wonder like what's happening. And one of the things that was really telling to me in the post-game press conference was that Ancelotti was admitting of the fact that it's something obviously like it's not really a surprise because I think we all sensed it but he he basically admitted it, it we're not in a good place right now heading into this game we're not our heads are not in it it's one thing to talk about our form being bad but he was very transparent that it wasn't just the form like there's something actually um there's something in the locker room right now that's just not right it, it doesn't have the same kind of energy that I did last season and that that's also a worrying sign to me it's not just a tactical thing it also seems to be a morale thing and that that's Carlo's bread and butter if Carlo loses that um the team's in trouble because that's something that always was the trump trump card over some of the tactical deficiencies right it's worrying yeah and, and the other thing too and what like the big change from last se- after last season's four nothing classico and we, like we ripped into Carlo and um we criticized he actually what happened after that classico was he started he changed he started using his bench and he started using these young players and his substitutions changed games and like he wasn't using guys like Kamavinga like Rodrigo um and so finally that started to become a factor um, and was a major reason behind our, our Champions League run and the good camaraderie within the group. But now we sustain a couple of injuries. We sustain some guys out of form. And, I mean, you look to our bench today, it felt like we had no one. Um, Rodrigo was the only one, and I thought he was a net positive coming on. Like, I think he tried to do something at least. Um, and for me, given this current period we're in, like, Rodrigo has to be a starter. And with the injuries we have, he has to be a starter. I don't understand why why he's on the bench he's the only one that's really creating anything or trying to do stuff in the final third or where it's coming off at least Vinny, it's it's not coming off and so um yeah i just i think you look to the bench today and it just felt like we had nothing it it just it's it doesn't it i hate to be so negative on this on this podcast but we're not in a good dynamic right now and it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like we're going in the right direction, but I guess the good thing in football is that things change so quickly. <laughs> um, are you more optimistic right now or less optimistic right now than you were after the 4-0 Classical last year? Probably more. I was pretty, I mean, I was, after, I remember the feeling after that 4-0 Classico, and it was later in the season, um, I think. And uh, it was, it just felt, that one felt like a huge defeat. Um, this one, I feel like there's enough time for us to get it together and to see where we're at. But 
again, we gotta we gotta be we gotta get results now. We just gotta grind them out. If we're not gonna play well, fine, but grind out results so that you are competitive so that you are still competitive come March, April, May. Um, and that's that's the concerning thing for me is like we're not grinding out the results and I don't know where we're where it's gonna come from. Like we don't have that bit of magic from Benzema and Vinicius right now. Which you just hope comes back. One underrated part of this is that once the scouting report gets out, like Real Madrid are really predictable the way they play. Everyone knows the goal is to win the ball deep and get the ball to Vinicius. So everyone knows how to converge their shape behind the ball. And, and now they're just fouling Vinicius and stopping him. Like every team's doing it now and he just yeah. gets frustrated and it, it just compiles. Like everyone starts complaining to the ref and they don't really, they lose focus in the game. And like even from the first minute in this one, Vinicius was pissed off. He didn't get a foul because Araujo kind of like just blocked him with his body and, and he just started complaining to the ref and he's been doing that over and over again. And it's kind of getting old now. Like it's Vinny, this is, this is it now. This is your life. Now people are going to foul you because you are a superstar. And this is what happened after your breakout season. And you're going to be the most fouled player every single game. So how are you going to overcome this? Like what's the next step here? And that's the frustrating thing. It's like, it's stopping him right now. You need, you need to, I think, decrease the reliance on that tactic. You have to. Yeah. And that's why I think Rodrigo is so necessary. I thought he brought he brought some good verticality when he came in in the second half. Obviously, it's all out of his hands what's going to happen, but he at least tried to look forward and, and bring the ball forward and, and try to find Fede. Though Fede had a couple of runs off the ball throughout this game, and the team just either ignored him or just passed it backwards like they just, as if it just was not an option. And I, I think... Maybe they, they there was a clear lack of confidence. And the right side, man, Carvajal was it wasn't just yeah, defensive. Carvajal, I know which I know which player you're talking about. It was Carvajal who got the ball. Fede made the run, and Carvajal saw it. But you just know he didn't one have the confidence, or two he doesn't think he has the ability to play that ball anymore. And like you think of Jao, if Jao Cancelo's in that position, he was just outside of the boot ball to Fede right there. Well, it was just on the ball. He was just bad too. Like we talked about his defense, but his passing was so poor in this game. And some of the, and this goes back to the Valencia game too. Like there was one against Valencia where he tried to nutmeg someone deep, and he lost it. And like, what are you doing in that situation? Like, just play the safe safe ball out. Like, clear lack of confidence on the ball as well. Uh, this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I just feel like, uh, is there even a point to even pinpoint some of the good stuff some people did in this game? I, does it matter? I don't, I don't know. I just almost feel weird because, but the weird thing about Mendy was that I actually thought up at, like the first 25 minutes for him, from him were actually kind of good. Like, yeah, he defended Dembele really well. He did. And he had a couple good step up interventions. He had that, the cross to Benzema was, was, was good. Yeah. Um, everything just kind of fell apart. I didn't think Mendy was that terrible in this one. I think it was there were others that were far worse. Yeah, he. I guess he's just not at the top of the list tonight. Yeah. You got to go in two minutes, right? So anything that you want to do a quick... I didn't even look at my notes tonight. That's the funny thing. Just went off the cuff, um, off my memory. Yeah, I think it's... I looked at my... I just, again, I think... We briefly talked about it, but just Pedri and Gavi's positioning killed us tonight. Yeah. It killed us. Like they were they were phenomenal and they read the game so well and they just crept in behind our midfield line and in, up, up right in front of our defensive line 
uh, in the right and left half space. Gavi in particular, like Carvalho and Fede in the first half could not figure out what to do with Gavi and Balde. Balde. Like they just couldn't figure it out. And I hated seeing, like, I know we've used this tactic before of like Fede going all the way down to the, to the right wing back position, but it wasn't working this one. I think you're almost better off just hedging your bets and having Fede stay higher up just to be, just to make Balde a little bit more cautious about making those forays forward because then we could, if we win it, we just counter through Fede and just take advantage of that. Um, rather than him playing like right wing back, I think we should have just gambled and kept Fede higher up and made Balde think twice about going forward. But those two, they just destroyed us down our right flank. Um, and Carvajal in particular really struggled with Gavi's positioning. Yeah, that's that's undoubtedly true. One thing I'll just quickly say about Kamavinga too, because he came off at halftime. I that was not the obvious sub to me, and I don't. And I don't, I don't really know what Ancelotti's assessment of Kamavinga was at halftime. But to me, he definitely was not the worst midfielder on the field at, at, in the first half. And well, Kamavinga, too, like, think about his, like, how many, yeah. Sam wrote about it in his piece about how many times he's come off in the first half. Like, yeah, it is, it's got to be getting to him mentally. Like, you know, every single game you start, like, there's a, high probability that you're going to be yanked off at halftime if you just make one or two mistakes. I think him coming off at halftime had in part not, I hope, not to do so much with his performance, but that he wanted to introduce Rodrigo and he trusts Modric and Cruz too much and and Fede too much. So Camavinga was the guy who lost out and that was it. I think it should have been Modric, honestly. And if he, if he doesn't want to Modric yeah, at halftime, then wait 10 minutes. But yeah. 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 Um, well, you got to go. Um, this is, yep. was a disastrous night. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you taking the time. I hope the listeners took some solace. And uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Lucas and I will be back for a podcast as well. So, yeah. Okay. Appreciate you, Matt. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks again. Bye. Thanks for listening, and before we wrap it up here, we wanted to give a quick shout-out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid, and specifically to our $10 plus patrons, because if you pledge $10 or more per month, you not only get access to everything and not only get guaranteed responses to your questions, you also get a specific shout-out at the podcast. So shout-out to our $10 plus patrons as follows, Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Way Pairing, Tobias Royal Pacher, Talab Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Demala, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samuli Justin, Samar Z, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, uh, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odayafari, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Savernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Khan P, Christian Toff, Krishna Costa, Charles Williams, 
Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L, Anirudh Singh, Ananya Kumar, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Varun, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for being a part of this family. And Hala Marir.